Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of The Writer's Haven. I am your host, Musu of Musu Writes, and today we have another awesome guest on the show. Um, Before we get into that, I do want to thank you guys. Um, Every time we drop a new episode, we connect with brand new uh, listeners and brand new subscribers, so we really appreciate that. And um, as you may or may not know, it is this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Now, um, today's guest, we have the lovely Aldera Thomas, and she is the author of uh, Butterflies That Never Die. And I was really excited to talk with her because I was able to learn more about the um, the genre of sci-fi and f- adult fantasy. Um, and she is working on a... Um, she has her de- debut novel, Butterflies That Never Die. So that is going to be part of um, a trilogy, I believe. Um, if it's not a trilogy, then it's du- a duology. So uh, my apologies if, if that wasn't clear. Um, so we, we we got into it. We talked about, uh, of course, you know, the different things that she's working on. And because of it being a sci-fi or adult fantasy, um, we, we got into uh, different things of when books turn into movies you know what's lost along the way what is gained along the way and with that being said we had an awesome conversation about game of thrones so (laughs) take a listen i hope you enjoy it um as usual if you are interested in connecting i can be reached uh with my handle across the board is at musu writes that's ig twitter facebook and the website and if you are not signed up for the newsletter please please visit musuwrites.com and sign up for that newsletter because there are big things along the way that i'm really excited to share with my subscribers so thank you again for your support take care and enjoy understanding and patience oh sorry oh no it's i listen things happen all the time that's how Mm -hmm. life is so no worries. I'm glad that we were finally able to connect. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to learn more about you and your work because I love connecting with other writers. So, you know, Thank you. It, it was meant to be if after everything we were still able to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but how's your, your grandmother doing? She's doing great right now. So, like as I said, full remission and everything. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Glad to hear that as well. So yeah, we're gonna um, get started. Um, as you can see, I started recording, so um, it shouldn't take any more than thirty minutes. I'm just gonna, you know, it's very informal. As you can see, I'll just go through a couple of questions about you and your work, and then um, if you want to share your contact information at the end, that'll be fine. I'll also include it in the show notes. Okay. So um, and then after we record, it'll probably take me about a week or two to do the, the editing, and then I'll send you. okay yeah so like if I mess up because sometimes like you know I stumble on my words and stuff you can use like edit stuff and that yeah it's no no good okay yeah and like I said you know this is just like a a regular conversation so okay great yeah okay oh just like you like your name is pronounced Musu or yeah perfect okay Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you thank you yeah and thank you for coming on the show um welcome to the writer's haven and like I said, you know, we're going to get to little, know a little bit more about you and um, your work. So we're going to go ahead and get started. All okay. right. So it's it's interesting because um, I had just today, earlier today, I was having an in-depth conversation with a friend of mine about butterflies. And so, 
<laughs> and then, you know, I see the the title of your 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 novel. So I'm just like, oh wow, you know, I love how the dots connect. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so before we get to that, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself, how you became um connected to the world of writing. Okay, so all right. Um, well, first of all, thank, um, hello, my name is Aldera, and um, so how I began writing was when I was nine years old. Actually, the story came to me when I was nine. Not the story, the characters. The story developed more when I was 11. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, like I was um, in school, um, heavily bullied. So it got to a point where like I was more comfortable by myself. And I remember that one day I just took like a stack of papers and a pen and I sat down um, and instead of being like alone, like I was not so alone anymore because I was writing stories, you know, like so mm -hmm. it was like a very long recess break. So it was like two hours and I would just sit down and start writing about whatever I wanted at the time. And I, I wrote a lot of stories I like about horses. I loved animals. And that translated later into my debut novel because it's with shapeshifters. So, and I started back then and I never stopped and I love it so much. So it's a huge part of me. And that's how, that's how I started with my writing journey. Wow. And the title, um, Butterflies That Never Die, I think that's just a beautiful title. Thank and, you so much. you know, I think, you know, just generally speaking, just paying attention to the things around us more. And you talk about a lot of interesting things in your novel. Um, you mentioned um, shapeshifters and a lot of things in, you know, what a lot of people believe are in the spiritual realm. So mm -hmm. you, you're more on the fantasy sci-fi. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have uh, certain authors that may have in, in this genre that may have inspired you in addition to, you know, your own personal inspiration? Um. Well, there is an author that um, influenced me a lot um, when I was younger. Uh, she's not an American author. She's a Spanish author. Her name is Laura Gallego. Mm -hmm. and I loved her work so much uh, because I have always loved stories where both the earth and another world exists. So, for example, like also like Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I love that so much, too. Mm -hmm. So I have always felt drawn to those type of stories. Mm -hmm. and and uh, yeah but I like I I remember those two specifically as being like great influences okay okay and then as far as the different characters that you have in butterflies that never die I know um you were <clears throat> inspired a lot as a child um well for one I'm interested in knowing if there is any character in your book that you personally identify with more than all the others? Mm, um, um, not really. Mm -hmm. um, they're very different from myself, like both in like their life experiences and personalities sometimes. So, well, I guess like if I started like analyzing them, I might see like some like tiny bits of myself in some of them, mm -hmm. or like friends and stuff, but right now none of them come to mind like so. yeah and you know that's always i might i might be not self-aware and someone else might read yeah. it and know me and be like oh you're exactly like this character right. like <laughs> that would be so interesting if someone mm -hmm. else picks it up 
Oh yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. But yeah. So when in writing this type of book, um, can you talk about some of the things that really um, jumped out at, jumped out at you? Because you talk up about shape shifting, you talk about mm-hmm. goddesses. Um, yeah. What what was that research like? What was that part of the journey like? Oh my god. Um. So when I first started writing like what I thought was like okay what do I enjoy what what would I enjoy as a as a reader mm-hmm. so this story that story that's what I wanted to write you know and I I started thinking what kind of world would I love to live in and a world where with like shapeshifters people like shapeshift into animals um that's that's exactly like the kind my ideal world would be that so mm-hmm. that's it not like a lot of research like for example for sci-fi I mm-hmm. think a lot more research has to go into it because there's very like specific terms for scientific stuff sometimes mm-hmm. there that but with fantasy you make your own rules so ah. it's it's kind of it's kind of different um but also um I am an anthropologist So the aspect of world building Mm -hmm. became so much easier with like after I got my degree because I understood better how societies um, develop their traditions and their culture and everything. So it made my world building a little bit more solid, I think. Hmm. So I have college to thank for that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The fact that you're an anthropologist, I think that is a wonderful you. Um, you know, because when reading these types of books, you like you mentioned, you see building, you know, how different types of beings build kingdoms and things like that. But as and far like, as that, yeah, like, and this yeah. happens somewhere beyond Earth. So, of course, right. like things have to be different than from Earth. And like I started paying more attention to the story behind the traditions and like, OK, so how would this um things that happen in history like thousands of years ago how would that affect the society of this world like in the present and and that like stuff that I didn't really pay attention to before right and do you feel that your readers or have they already gotten the same experience that you just described you know was it an eye-opener for them as far as I'm getting a lot of like some of my reviewers say that they love the world Mm-hmm. Of, of butterflies that never die which I'm really I mean that world is my baby you know so I'm mm-hmm. very proud and happy that they're enjoying it and they're whenever someone writes to me and says I would love to live in Lady Anod, I it's so rewarding it, it's, <laughs> it's been, it has been so many years like mm-hmm. of work um mm-hmm. uh, poured into this book and that uh, but yeah like they with I am writing another one right now and yes. world building is a little bit more complicated in that one, particularly because it's an adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it's always more complicated, of course. Okay. Uh, um, and, and yeah, like some people that have had a chance to read an earlier, an early version say that, um, that they love the world building. So mm-hmm. So wow. I think it's I think there it's a better writing is uh, sorry reading experience when when the world makes sense and it's not just oh what am I gonna do for a fantasy world mm-hmm. just whatever you know mm-hmm. and when it comes to fantasy um, sci-fi um, to be honest with you I I don't know a lot about the genre 
Um, mm -hmm. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions about this specific genre? Well, particularly for YA fantasy, I think a lot of people like dismiss it as like a thing for teenagers. Mm. And it's it's not really specifically mm. nowadays because like sometimes I pick up some books and I think that those those are not for kids, but they're in a, in the juvenile section of the bookstore and yeah. it's so inappropriate. Right. But I am not gonna name any names, but like nowadays some published books are like mm -hmm. they shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like sometimes with fantasy, um, people. I have I have had this experience that some people who prefer nonfiction or like um, things with adult characters based on the real world. So like, I don't know, thrillers and mysteries and those kind of things. Um, they dismiss um, fantasy and sci fi as just like unimportant because they're not real. But fantasy and sci-fi can provide a, an escape for people who are very overwhelmed with the real world and also teach them lessons at the same time. They can teach kids to be brave and be generous and be, be good people. They can teach lessons and in a way that is fun because you're not, if you really dislike like the real world, especially how it is like nowadays, right. like you can always escape through fantasy and sci-fi and still learn valuable lessons while reading. So I think that's something that some people don't take into consideration, mm -hmm. but it's, it's important. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you, you bring up a good point. Um, it is not just limited uh, to young adults. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I said, I don't know much about the genre, but I do know that there is a huge following when it comes to adults who are into mm -hmm. fantasy and sci-fi. Um, and I, it just makes me think of how a lot of these types of books are uh, transformed into movies. These, these types of books, these genre of books, you made a great point. Uh, there is a lot of adult attention being given to fancy fantasy and sci-fi. They have a huge following. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of the attention is seen when these types of books are turned into movies. Um, they yeah. get more attention as movies versus the books. Is, is that true or am I missing something? Do they, are they more? I mean, it helped. It certainly helps boost the book's popularity. Uh, think of what happened with the dystopian genre like a few mm -hmm. years ago with the Hunger Games. Right. Like, it was already a pretty popular book, but after the movie was made, it exploded. Mm -hmm. It was everywhere. Like, right. it became, like, a, a a really important part of, like, the 21st century pop culture. Right. So, um, also, it, sometimes people, I think it's important sometimes when books are made into movies because it helps draw other people into reading because they pike they like you know their your your curiosity is picked yep. when you watch a movie and you find out that it's based on a book and you say oh I'm gonna pick up the book and read it so it's mm -hmm. but it's it's a balance I think yeah absolutely and with your particular book is this a part of a trilogy yes. that you're working on okay mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, your, your readers and the people you're connected to, they pretty much know about this first book. Um, what can they expect as the trilogy moves along? If, 
if you can tell us without spoiling anything it's gonna get bigger like the story the 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 things that the characters are faced with Mm -hmm. um the epicness and there's gonna be it's just everything's gonna be magnified a lot because the first book is always like i think the less in the less intense one of the trilogy Mm -hmm. like always almost always because it's like the introduction right and it's where you have to get to know the characters and a little bit of the world and like you get like an intro to the story and then everything just like it goes wild because then you're already familiar with the world so the author can do whatever they want Mm -hmm. um, without fear of losing of confusing yes the the readers a little bit so um but yeah what they can expect is oh my god um so yeah it it can get a little spoilery but um (laughs) how can I say this the world we're gonna get to see a lot of not just the country of Lady Anode where the story happens but like the entire world of like beyond earth because as i said Mm. it happens in earth and somewhere else so that other world we're gonna get to explore it way more okay um and 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 yeah like the there's gonna be more characters and the conflicts are going to be the the stakes are gonna be much higher okay so and as far as hannah goes uh are there you know, uh, surprises along the way for her? Is there love or, you know, what, what's in store There's for Hannah? a huge surprise with Hannah. Okay. Um, she's gonna... She, there's going to be a point in her story where, because, how can I say this? I'm just going to say this this way. <laughs> I love great characters. I love when everyone is not good and everyone's not bad because that's not realistic. Everybody has like good and bad in them. Mm-hmm. It's like the villain or Avella. She's not, well, she's an antagonist, not really a villain because she's not evil. Right. It's just the actions of the people around her are pushing her to do things that kind of be like, that they can be perceived as evil. Yeah. But she isn't. Okay. So the same way that I don't like cookie cookie cutter um, characters when it comes to villains I don't like them when it comes to heroes so I can just say that okay and hope that it's a pretty big hint I think that's very intriguing because you know whether we're reading or we're watching a movie we tend to have you know the same expectations you know of what a villain is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and what um uh, a protagonist is supposed to look like so Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're kind of mixing things up on purpose Mm -hmm. it's a thing that for example um george r R. martin did with his characters he adores great characters and he did it so well and Mm -hmm. it's a thing why game of thrones is so beloved right because you can clearly see who's the villain of the story but at the same time they're not the villain they're people and people are both good they have potential for good and for bad Mm -hmm. depending on the situation and who they're dealing with right so it's something that I loved so much about his books 
that of course I have no George R. R. Martin of course <laughs> <laughs> if only you know, I know. Uh, but like it's something that I like to put into my story as well like uh, mm-hmm. some people are really really good and some people are really really bad and they have no mean like yeah. no redeeming qualities and the others have no meanness and that happens in the real world too mm-hmm. but like most people have a lot of gray areas and that's what I love exploring so yeah, absolutely and you gave an excellent example with Game of Thrones um, mm-hmm. for not just for the you know the antagonist and protagonist um, he did a lot of that you're absolutely right you know there were some horrible characters but there were some horrible like Ramsey Bolton he has no retaining qualities no I don't think no I agree but then like but then from the point of view of the Starks like the Lannisters are the villains but then you go to the Lannisters are they really the villains exactly you see the the human side of them you see mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 in a way he makes you feel sorry for them up to a certain point. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other reason why I said uh, that that was a great example is because the, uh, before it came to TV, Game of Thrones had a huge following as far as the books went. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about it until, you know, the show started becoming so popular like, oh yeah, it's a whole series of books. And I'm like, wow. And when you get into the books, it's, of course, it's a lot more in depth than the show just yeah it's it it goes so deep but um you know it it just another great example to show that you know it didn't have an age limit it wasn't restricted to age there were everyone was into those books before they Mm -hmm. some people should not be reading those books though but like you're right but I I understand what you mean yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah I think that I think that was a pretty good example that you present and since we're talking about Game of Thrones (laughs) Um, were you happy with the way things ended? You know, what are your thoughts on as far as the development of the story on the novel side? Like, I think there was so much lost potential in the last season. (laughs) Because, for example, what I, what I would have liked to see, and, um, a spoiler alert to everyone who's listening and not, and has not watched the ending and Mm -hmm. intends to, um, but like, I would have made them lose the Battle of Winterfell Mm -hmm. and the survivors would have had to go south and like the the Night King would have swept through Westeros Mm. causing death and destruction and the apocalypse as we were promised for like eight seasons. I know, right? I was so mad about it. Shortest (laughs) long night ever. Right. Um, so and then if if the writers what they wanted was to have like an epic showdown between Daenerys and Cersei, they could have had like a battle for like uh, King's Landing because that's like the key to survival. You need to hold a capital to survive what's coming with the mm-hmm. Long Night. Perhaps yeah. they could have done that. I think I also yeah. would have killed the dragon during that battle and not before, and then that would have made like. Um, then we would have understood why Daenerys did what she did. Because mm-hmm. imagine if like the whole city was celebrating the death of the dragon. Right. Then of course it would be crazy. Right. And she would kill everyone. And as watcher, as viewers, we would probably be like, oh my God, yes, rooting for her and something. And then like afterwards, we would have thought, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think. I think they went a lot for the good versus bad and they forgot about the gray in that season. I think. They did. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it was it was 
heartbreaking to see how you know the decisions they decided to make um the direction they decided to go in i have i have hopes for the book what if he has delayed it so long right like driving everyone crazy he was making the right choices (laughs) (laughs) like make people like read the book like instead of watch the show right exactly and as far as the books go um i i'm not caught up but i i believe and again spoiler alert for those of you who aren't at this point um i believe in the books if he hasn't done it already um john snow is the one that's gonna you know be given the the, the yeah no he does like what I love about him as an author is that because, you know, like a lot of people like to cry about like cliches, like, oh, that's so cliche. Yeah. Cliches work. Like right. the moment that something happens in a way that it's not supposed to happen because mm-hmm. people want to go against cliches, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it can, but it depends. It's very rare. Things. Yeah. What he does is he takes cliches and he does them right. So, mm-hmm. and I love his foreshadowing. His foreshadowing is one of the best things that I've right. seen in my life. Yes. And it's so satisfying because a lot of people think that like guessing what's going to happen is bad. It means that it's, no, it's a good story because mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because what they tried to do with the TV show was like do something unexpected in my opinion. Yeah. It did not work. It did not work because it disappointed all the pe- all yes. viewer theories. Um, and if you have a disappointed like audience, it, you did not do a good job. Right. Um, but um, so yeah, I think like they're like, oh, but it's so obvious that Jon Snow is going to be blah blah blah. It, it, that's why it works. That's why it works. Yeah. And if you look at his entire journey, that is a powerful story. So yeah, mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> it's just it's like it's the song of ice and fire and i mean spoiler mm-hmm. alert right. um <laughs> he is the son of a targaryen and a stark mm-hmm. which you can totally see in the book like uh, people mm-hmm. who read the books knew that was going to happen years before they revealed it in the show right. um so the the stories about him <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And not brand Brandon. It's not else about- <laughs> right. taking the story from the main character. Exactly that. That was just wild. But yeah, just wanted to get your your take. Like on it's that. like imagine imagining like Harry Potter is right now like a like a delicate subject. But imagine mm-hmm. if like by the end someone else had killed Voldemort. I- imagine exactly. That would have been oh my that God. just <laughs> the the fans would have lost it. Yeah. In, not in a good way. No, absolutely not. not. A, no. <laughs> so, like, why on earth would someone else than Jon Snow take all the glory? <laughs> I know, but we, oh we all God. saw we all saw how everyone reacted to that. So, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, wow. no, yeah. And so when we're you know with you working on your own trilogy, it's just something that I you know just curious to see where your thoughts were on that because mm-hmm. you have the expectations you know the fanfare may be growing and then expectations um and then your writing is developing so as these things are going on you know what do you prioritize the, the fanfare or your story that you've developed that no my story like I have the outline 
So I know everything that's going to happen from the beginning of book one till the ending of book three, everything. And it's not awesome. going to change. Awesome. So what I'm doing is like, I'm leaving breadcrumbs for the people to pick up. And like, I love, I love um, foreshadowing. Yeah. So hopefully I will mislead readers in a way that mm-hmm. is satisfying, not, not, um, not disappointing no not disappointing it's so, good to upset the readers you know and play with their emotions upset is completely bit. different from disappointing so <laughs> absolutely yeah it's so um this is yeah this is a um, great conversation um, i loved hearing your your thoughts on different things and thank this you. sounds like this is going to be a great trilogy um i look forward I to thank you to learning more about it um and so if for those that are interested in connecting with you can you let them know how they can do yeah, that sure. i'm gonna say it anyways okay Go ahead. so i have an instagram account i have an instagram account in which i am super active um it's called eldera thomas under, underscore rights mm-hmm. that was awful um, <laughs> fine <laughs> um and 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 active <laughs> okay Okay. Um, but I get notifications. So if anyone wants to like get in contact, well, I mean, you did. So um, it's that one is Aldera underscore Thomas four. So I have, yeah, those are the, the three main ways. Like I also have um, my email um, um, Aldera Thomas four at gmail.com. So those are the four main ways. Okay. And I love to hear okay. in, like from people. So Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. That, that um, information will also be included in the show notes. So thank you for sharing that. And then also, again, I really did enjoy this, this conversation. Um, I think you're, you know, you have a, a, a great product on your hands, you know, as you continue to thank develop you. and write on it. So I'll be, I'll be, um, you know, uh, keeping up with you on IG. Um, I'll be stalking you. you know? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm curious, like, what do you write? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, so I have a, a manuscript. I recently, well, it's probably been on about a year now that I finished it. Um, I do women's fiction or general uh, literary fiction. Okay. And this particular story that I have been working on, um, it is generally about a woman who is trying to rebuild her life after getting out of a really bad relationship. And uh, so it's so many different elements in the story. You know, there's immigration, um, learning how to live in America, dating. After. So very important subjects nowadays. Because... Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it touches on mm-hmm. a lot of sensitive issues that are going on right now. So um, I am also developing short stories uh, based mm-hmm. on some of the characters in the manuscript. I, I just nice. finished two of them now. So I'll be sharing that on um, Instagram and Twitter soon. Um, on where people I'm can go. And you on Instagram. I'm sorry. I'm gonna follow you on Instagram. I'm oh, thank gonna... you. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, pretty much what I do. Um, I, I, I've also, you know, I've done freelance writing, writing articles, uh, different things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, this this is what I'm working on right now. Um, in addition to the podcast. So. Nice. Well, yeah. I wish you all the best with the manuscript. And are you planning to traditional publish or um, that, or self-publish? So the plan was to try to do tr- traditional publishing. That journey has it's it's been 
it's been rough I'll admit um mm-hmm. so I'm people are encouraging me to look more on uh self-publishing mm-hmm. yeah so are you self-published or traditionally published I'm self-published okay. I um and maybe in the future I would like to be a hybrid um author yeah. but this was my baby that I worked on for so long exactly and traditional publisher you completely relinquish control like they can right. tell you that there's not going to be a second and a third book they can tell you right. that oh you have to change this or change mm-hmm. that and you have no control over the cover so mm-hmm. I I did not want that <laughs> yes you're like the second or third person to tell me that so I'm, I'm starting to lean towards just doing uh self-publishing um you know, I, I just feel it's that a lot of work, but it's 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 great. Okay. And the community is great and everything. So yeah. I am I am loving it. Was it easy but... for you to build a connection with your readers through being self-published? Um, I mean, I made a lot of like writer friends and stuff in on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And having those friends like also for marketing it helps a lot because like then they reshare your stuff and so they have oh. like a different following base than I do so mm-hmm. that's how I got my book out there mostly then I'm I'm looking into other marketing strategies because market, marketing is the worst it is it's the only, it, it it's is. the only thing that I I mean traditional publishing it's so great with marketing right but but yeah no um but it's if you interact with people, it's super easy to get a large following and that takes care of a lot of the, um, of the marketing for you. So. Got you. Okay. Well, you know, that, that helps, you know, because, um, it, it's the end of the whole writing industry, you know, it has its ups and downs. It has its pros and cons, but in order to be more in control of the work you've, you've put in for so long, I think mm-hmm. self-publishing, you know, for some is probably the best way to go. So that, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for your insight on that. I appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. So, well, I, I do want to thank you again for your time. Um, we're going to go ahead and, you know, wrap things up. And like I mentioned, uh, huh? This was fun. Oh, yeah. This is a great conversation. Thank you. And, you know, I, I always tell writers. Yeah, no problem. And please come back, you know, <laughs> when <laughs> whenever you, work you want. On- like tell me when and I'll be here <laughs> when you're working on book two I, I would like to know where Hannah is at so yeah you could come back when um oh I let you in on a little secret I have already the cover of book two awesome awesome and and that uh cover for your first book is beautiful by the way thank you so much yeah I cried when I saw it I remember I was I was in the living room I think this was back in January with my with my family. My mom was watching um, TV. My grandma was doing I don't know what my grandma was doing, but I was there. And then suddenly I got the I got the email with the with the cover, and it was just like my my cover artist didn't know if that was going to be like you know the the definite like cover. She was yeah. it was just like yes. And I saw it and I started crying. And my mom was like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? I was like, it's beautiful. <laughs> 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 and that ended up being the cover. I didn't change anything. Wow. Um, and with the second one, I was like, also like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> so now I'm waiting to forth with the third one. <laughs> the colors cover. Give them a shout out. Oh, my, co- my cover artist is Celine.
Wright's, um, like, well, uh, no, sorry, I messed that up. Oh, Celine no. Wright's is, uh, is her other account. So my mm-hmm. cover artist um, is Celine. You can find her uh, on Instagram. Her um, her um, Instagram account is Celine Graphics. Okay. And I'll I'll show I'll show you like her work because she's so amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. So. And, and I'll like, if her info interested too. in self publishing, and she does like a lot of genres, uh, but her fantasy stuff is so great. So, mm. like, if anyone wants to check her out, please yeah. do. So absolutely. She- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll include her her uh, contact information as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll share it with you because like, um, okay. and yeah. So the color scheme for the second for the cover of book two is um, dark blue and pink, mm. and I'll let like you'll see what animal is in there. It's so beautiful. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. I'll, I don't know when it'll be the reveal soon. Probably. <laughs> Okay. Even though the book is nowhere near finished. That's perfectly fine. Hey, you know how many writers do that? They, you mm-hmm. know, they'll do the little sneak peeks and they're, they're barely mm-hmm. done with the book. So yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's great. So, all right, well, I'll be on the lookout for that. Um, Thank you again for sharing. And thank you. Uh, yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll reconnect in the meantime, I'll be working on editing this episode for you. And then I'll, I'll get it to you with Google play and Podbean. So I'll forward that to you. Um, and if we are connected on Instagram, you'll you'll see where to go for that too. But I'll I'll email it to you as well. Okay, great. Thank okay. you so much. No problem, Aldera. Thank you. So have a great night. You too. And a great a great week and everything. Yes, um, so thank you. Same you too. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, sounds good. Bye bye. All right, bye.